0: Well, this is the first time that I've preached on the Lord's Day, Christmas Day. And let me just say this, I'd love it if it was every year. If you received a big kind of George Bailey greeting from me this morning, that just was overflowing from my heart. I I didn't know uh, that that would be the experience on Christmas Day, but, but isn't it great to be able to gather here, on the Lord's Day, on Christmas Day. Now, I don't know how everyone's family works this out. You know, when it comes to Christmas days, normally, um, some um, are all about, like, diving into all the festivities and and right in the morning, getting it all done, and others like to kind of work it out throughout the day. I'm I'm one of those who really like to work it out throughout the day. So be able to have a, a Christmas morning with the family, then have a Christmas morning here worshiping, with our church family, then be able to go home the rest of the day uh, on the Lord's Day to be able to celebrate the Lord's birth. Oh, make a full day out of it. Hopefully all of us are doing just the same. Let's pray together before we open up God's Word and, and continue to just glory in the amazing reality of Christmas that we celebrate this day. Pray with me, church. Father, we are so thankful. We're thankful to be here We're thankful to worship your son because he's worthy. No one else is worthy of worship but him. We're here because of him. To magnify his name. To to be encouraged by the truths that he brought to us. To remember all that you've done, Father, through sending your son for undeserving sinners like us. Oh, Lord, would you help us all to set our minds on these truths? Help us walk away today from this worship service magnifying your Son, glorifying his name. Lord, help us with all these things. We say this in Christ's name. Amen. For unto us a child is given. Unto us a child is born. This was no ordinary child, right? Not at all. But the most important child that ever was born. That's an understatement. The kingdom of God was breaking into history in a unique way through the birth of the son, which is what we celebrate on Christmas Day. Today, that's today, church. Christmas morning, together, worshiping The Lord, for these glorious things. I want us to spend a little time here together going through the Christmas story through portions of Luke 1 and 2, because that is literally what this day is all about, right? That's what it's about. It's what we celebrate. So let's just dive in to the word and be encouraged by Scripture this Christmas day. Luke, and and point number one, the birth foretold. And we're going to see it here in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. This is God's holy word. Let's see it together. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. Can you imagine? Not only is a non-human being appearing to Mary to have a little chat, but to also reveal to her some really, really big, huge things that day revealed to this young woman. Young people with us today. Mary was very young and receiving this message. Could you imagine? Kids, could you imagine an angel coming to you? To Mary, this happened years ago. Mary was all taken aback, as you can imagine. Little, little, little kind of frightened. Not only because of the angel appearing, but by what the angel said to her and what he referred to her as. Favored one, the angel said. Just really emphasizing a specific Special favor of God himself towards Mary. So not only is this a foreign kind of alien being, an angel isn't an alien, we know that it's an angel, but to Mary, this is is a being, not like a human being. It's not like Mary had normal conversations and chit-chats with angels every day. This is something that was new and unique and kind of frightening, this unidentified being coming to her she's never really had contact with. Before. This was an amazing thing for her to behold. But now, this angel is referring to her uniquely as this blessed woman, and she just doesn't know how to respond. She finds out that she's going to become pregnant in an unheard of way. No one has ever become pregnant in the way Mary did. She was a virgin, but yet she would be with child. She can't even wrap her mind around that. We can barely wrap our mind around that, even seeing the whole story, understanding how these things worked out. And she would bear not just any child, but the King and Messiah and the anticipated descendant of David, the Holy Son of God. So when I set up at the front that this is like, not like any other child before, you can see here in this context, in this passage, how true that very reality is. This is a special child who came, predicted, anticipated, and even prophesied about to his very mother before he was ever even born or conceived. Amazing. Amazing. I want us to take to heart the unique and special nature of our Savior, Jesus Christ, this Christmas together. We celebrate him because he is so special and praiseworthy. How many other babies were born after a prediction from an angel? We see, we see, his, his, we see John the Baptist as well in this miraculous way. So many amazing things happening around Jesus' time. We need to exalt him and be encouraged by this amazing reality of what the Lord is doing. And I think probably the best way for us to respond is to continue to see how Jesus' mother, Mary, responded to this news. And this leads us to point number two, to see the mother's joy. Look with me in your Bibles now to Luke chapter 1 and verses 39 through... And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant, For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Notice the string of glorying in God coming ahead right now. For he did this, for he did this, he did this, he did this, he did this. Let's see it right here in verse 49. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. Remember, church, from before, the angel mentioned not only the miraculous nature of how Mary would become pregnant and get pregnant, but also the unlikely and miraculous situation of her cousin Elizabeth, who was old and barren, but had become pregnant months before Mary. And when the relatives got together, you see, maybe you're going to get together with some relatives today, Christmas Day. In this situation, spending time with relatives, Mary and Elizabeth, when they got together, they were both pregnant. John the Baptist leapt in his mother's Elizabeth's womb. And Elizabeth, being filled with the Holy Spirit, being a believer herself, who had an angel come, and, and the angel predict John's, Birth as well. So she understood it. She just grasped it and she believed it. And she was able to even kind of prophesy realities uh, about the son and about Mary even in this amazing time. This by itself, just Elizabeth's faith in this is an amazing thought to behold. But Mary, you see, after all this, after the angel comes to her, after her cousin says the things she says about her and about her son, all pointing to something really, really great that she was blessed to be a part of. What does Mary do, church? Does she brag about it and get proud and self-congratulatory? Or does she run away and fear? I know she was afraid, but does she run away at the weight of it all? No, what does she do? She glorifies and magnifies her worship and thanksgiving and owed it all to the Lord. You saw it. She kept saying for he did this, God did this, he did this. That's how you give God the glory. You say, God did this for me. God did this. God. We have so many things. How many things can we just list right now? God did this. God did this. God is doing this. God will do this. Oh, she glorified the Lord by magnifying what he had done. What an amazing thing. God had done great things for Mary through Jesus. Hear this. If you're a believer here with us, If you're a Christian, take this home. God has done great things for you as well through Jesus, also. But with all this anticipation, what happened next? You all know the story, but let's read it again to continue to see it. And point number three the baby is born. Luke chapter 2 and verse 1 says this, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. With all this anticipation and all the circumstances surrounding Jesus, the angel coming the baby John leaping, the mothers rejoicing together. You'd think that there would be a red carpet rolled out for this very special Jesus, this very special mother, this very special family, right? we would think that that would be what was next. Well, as we know, most kings would have had it done that way. It was fitting, though, for King Jesus to be born in a humble manger due to no other kind of hotel, so to speak, having capacity for them. God the Father, through all this, was planning and watching out for this little baby boy, to be sure. But he humbled, the son humbled himself. This is a humble savior of the world who had humble beginnings, and he would live a humble life through and through. This is Jesus we're talking about. I mean, Think of the incarnation when God the Son becomes human. Think of that. We're talking about God the Son here, the second person of the Trinity taking up full humanity while remaining fully divine, the creator of the world. Becoming human in and of itself is a humbling thought if you just ponder it for a moment. But then that Human, divine God-man being born in a manger because there was no other place is another example of the Son's humility and God's plan to send a different kind of king. He's different. But don't forget all of the miraculous predictions and prophecy. We've only scratched the surface here. There's so much more. And though Jesus was born in a humble manger... We're going to see even here that there would be another providential, miraculous situation kind of stirring stirring around in a string of events that would happen that day to further add to the amazing reality of Jesus' birth that we celebrate on Christmas. And I want us to see that as well. And point number four, the shepherds hear the good news. They hear the good news. Let's see it in Luke chapter 2 and verses 8 through 14. And in the same region... Right there, same region where Jesus was born. There, was, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. Notice a pattern here. Filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. is such an amazing string of events right here, all around the birth of Jesus. First, Jesus was prophesied in countless unmistakable ways. We see so much from the Old Testament into the New Testament fulfillment. Then, he was born in a humble manger, which, get this, is literally a feeding trough for animals, a manger where he lay. The little baby bassinet or crib was substituted here for an animal food dispenser. Could you you imagine it? There were likely animals in this barn-like stable around it where this manger was. You had to keep the animals away from the feeding trough as Jesus was placed in the feeding trough. No, you had to have guards to keep them out, you know, because Jesus was laying there in that manger. But then, get this, right around the corner, you have these shepherds just doing their daily work, kind of clocking in, clocking out, just doing their job, normal night at the office for these shepherds, tending their sheep. But it was no ordinary night, was it? They were let in on the most special delivery and invited by angels to visit the maternity wing, so to speak, not of a comfy inn, but, but likely in a stable where animals dwelt. And noticed how angels, who I said before, really took Mary off guard, puzzled her, brought fear and be- bewilderment. The angels did the same thing with these shepherds who were just trying to do their jobs and then came into contact with these beings that they had never seen before. Angels shining with the bright light reflecting the glory of God. You see, that would scare anyone, wouldn't it? It would scare anyone. These were not easily spooked kind of wimps who get scared at a slight ruffle in the woods at night or something. No, they had reason to fear. You would fear too if you came in contact with an angel. All over scripture, angels come, people get scared because this was an unnormal occasion. This was something super natural. But the angel you see they they reassured them and preached the good news of the gospel to them that first Christmas day, the day Jesus was born. While he was still lying in a manger, being tended to by his parents, the angels prompted the shepherds to take a much longer lunch break maybe than they normally would do from work to go see the Savior that time themselves. And right after they heard all this, These shepherds, a heavenly choir of angels, began audibly leading them in the most amazing worship service right there, out in the field, amongst the sheep. Could you imagine this picture? Oh, this is a a, a heavenly choir, worshiping and glorifying God, all with these shepherds. Do you see the great things that the Lord is doing here around the birth of Jesus? All that he did in the prediction to Mary, and all that he planned out, Oh, my God, the Father. this is all pointing to how great this baby King Jesus really was and is. Though he lying in a manger, this humble manger, it, it might not seem much to the passerby. Who in the world would want to get born and have a child in, in that situation? There was a heavenly choir, though, heavenly beings pointing These shepherds to the Savior that day talk about an amazing Christmas. This leads us now to our fifth and final point and number five. The weary world rejoices. Look with me now at Luke 2 and verses 15 through 21. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste And found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they heard and seen. As it had been told And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, talking about Jesus, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angels, before he was even conceived in the womb. Now this brings this birth narrative to a close. And it's still all about shepherds and Mary and Joseph and Jesus. Why in the world did I title this last point, The Weary World Rejoices? It doesn't seem like the world is in view here. Well, all right, but, but hang in there with me as we see how this relates even to us. After the worship service out in the field, the angels returned to heaven. The shepherds then head over to Bethlehem to see this baby boy on their lunch break. They told Mary and Joseph all about this angel outing that they just experienced. And they, they must have been sharing it in a way that was like, now, Mary, Mary, Joseph, you aren't gonna believe this. You know, because how do you describe beings that you've never seen before? But thankfully, Mary had already encountered them before, so she knew exactly what they were like and what they experienced based on her a very own angel experience before. Now, when everyone else was wondering and in an amazement and really just couldn't put it all together, this is just too much for them to grasp. They knew something great was happening, but they're just like, what in the world? Mary, on the other hand, she was able to put the pieces together of this amazing puzzle as she was seeing these things herself. From the angel prediction to the miraculous pregnancy to the family reunion with her unlikely, now believing, a cousin who predicted pro- prophecy about how great. In just this unlikely way, she's putting it all together. And now they're there, right there, amongst the animals Maybe she was a little puzzled by the circumstances here of the actual birth. Because no woman dreams of having a baby in an unexpected, cold, dirty place. Not even Mary would have expected that or, or, or you know, that wasn't on her birth plan, right? <laughs> like, ladies, you have a plan and oh, this is what I want, this is what I, I don't want, this is what I'm thinking. You kind of prepare beforehand. In a manger is is not one of her top choices, probably. But So she may have been wondering about that. But then come these shepherds and more miraculous realities and miracles surrounding Jesus' birth. And all she can do, right, is put all these circumstances together and treasure them in her heart. Ponder them and think about them. And then treasure them because of it all. Treasure Jesus. Treasure all that he's done, all that he was doing. Do you treasure Jesus? Treasure Jesus this Christmas day. And they all rejoiced. They all worshipped. And they all left there changed. The shepherds and Mary and Joseph, everybody, everybody changed. And the baby Jesus got his name. Not from a book of baby name suggestions like many people do. Or a website where his parents could kind of read over a ton of names and figure out just the right one that they both agree with. They got their top three, and they're trying to figure out the name, make a decision. Maybe they're a little divided, but then they plan on the one, and then other people give their input in, and you're like, oh, you had to ruin it like that. But anyways, not not like that. They, They didn't do the name like that. No, he was named, Jesus was named by an angel before he was even born, before he was conceived, and he, came according to plan at just the right time, as Galatians tells us. Perfect timing. But, but still, you might be thinking, this is all about them. This is not not about the world. What gives here, Daniel? Why are you bringing everybody else into this? We find the answer in the words of the angel to the shepherds that we read about in our last point. Let's see it again in Luke 2, 10 through 11. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for what? All the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Do you see that, church? Of course, Mary and Joseph were rejoicing. Of course, the shepherds were rejoicing. And you can add the angels, the whole multitude of them rejoicing over all this. But did you catch it there? Did you catch it? This is the good news gospel for each and every one of us here. Not only only for them, but for all the people, for you and me, if we trust the Savior, our Lord. For all the world, meaning all people everywhere can hear of this good news Savior being born too. They can hear of it. Those of you who are Christians have heard and believed it. It's this news for you. But not all rejoice. But in this weary world with sin and sickness and death and suffering and hardships and challenges and aches and pains and wasting away and relationship struggles and cancer. In this weary world, church, the only solution to our problem of sin and guilt and the consequences of the fall is this Savior born in a humble manger. This humble Savior and King is our only hope to rejoice alongside Mary and Joseph and the angels. Believe that this Christmas and every day going forward, live in light of this. It means trust Jesus today if you have it. And if you do, continue trusting Him. Why? For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for all that you've revealed to us in your word. We're thankful even this Christmas to be able to think about Christmas on Christmas all together and glory in the Redeemer. Lord, we will glory in the Redeemer. Help us all glory in him. Help us leave from here and spend the rest of our day glorying in him. Oh, we are so, so hopeful and helpful. We are weary in and of ourselves. This world brings a lot of weariness to us, but, oh Lord, we find our answer and our solution and our help through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We're thankful that you sent him. We're thankful that he went willingly, humbly for us and for our salvation. We say this in Christ's name. Amen.